Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about why should the GM dad be forced to play? So the GM dad. So what is the definition of GM dad is somebody who basically runs the games and is the GM all the time. And a little bit more than that, the GM dad in gamer speak is somebody who gets the games together, right? He calls people in this age, emails them and basically sets up the game, sets up where we're gonna where they're gonna play and does everything. He's an office manager. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. He's the office manager of the game. So I know their office managers are a what is it? A un unrewarded job or unpraised job, but they do keep the games going, right? And so just like office manager, they keep the office running, right? So the GM dad does exactly the same thing. So I, I think I was a GM dad for a long time. I remember when we first started playing third edition, which was in around 2001, 2002. I remember uh, getting the third edition book and thinking, oh, this is a good set of rules. And I started emailing everybody, all my players that I had played with before and seeing if anybody was interested. So I got a lot of replies back, quite a few replies saying, yeah, yeah, we should start playing, you know, on a regular basis or whatever. And I was thinking about the setting, you know, they had uh, published settings at the time. They had Dragonlance and they had Forgotten Realms. And of course, the, the inherent version or setting was Greyhawk. And we had all played Greyhawk back in the day when we were playing AD&D. It was a, a favorite setting of quite a few people who GM'd. So anyway, so I go, which one do we should we do or should we make up our own campaign setting? Of course, I didn't get a single reply. That's usual for that group of people. <laughs> exactly. So so I just did, a, what is it? I made a... Executive decision. Yes. <laughs> and I bought the, the Forgotten Realms, Realms book. And I thought it was really neat. It was a lot of information. He didn't but, just buy one Forgotten Realms book. Well, at the time, I only had bought one. And I, and I, because it does have a ton of information in it. I've already talked about that. So anyway, so I, beca- I my intent was, at the time, was that I would run the game for a little while and then we would trade gm duties because everybody that we that i contacted had been playing for forever and had ran a game or two in their lifetime and and that didn't quite work out the way i thought it would so i ran the game and i went about quite a few sessions in which you know third edition experience points being that what they were the game progressed slow a little bit not slowly but you know people progress a lot slower than fifth edition so they were about second or third level, and I said, "Hey, does anybody want to run the game? Because you know, I want to, I want to play." And oh, I got the "I'm not ready" syndrome. So that went on till about seventh or eighth level, and I still hadn't played. Okay, you can stop whining now. <laughs> yes. So I guess I'm whining. So anyway, so I basically started running the game, and I ran up to tenth level, and nobody, and I never rotated out. I, I even started the game again. Because we progressed from third edition 3.5, and and when we went to 3.5, I restarted the campaign with new characters, uh, a couple of new players, and I did the same thing. And again, the same thing happened, and I got the tenth level. The characters got the tenth level, and that campaign ended. And then I uh, we switched to Pathfinder. By that time, that core group had left, and I had a new new group. So you know, so so I, I for the past. Up until 2015, I was probably GMing all the time. 
He makes it sound like he was a martyr, but he really wasn't. No, no, I don't, yeah, but uh, my intent was always that I wanted to play quite a few games, and uh, and that's the way I think the GM dads are, is that they like to play a game. Nobody wants to learn the rules, so they end up GMing that because they want to try out the game because they just bought a game, as my book shows attend, attest to. <laughs> So that's pretty cool, you know, that, you know, and I like GMing and I, most GM dads or now GM parents uh, do like GMing. They, you know, I do like being the GM and stuff. I do like playing, though. But uh, but some people, some GM dads, some GM parents don't ever get to play to the point where they almost they don't want to even want to play because they'd rather GM than play. So it's we were, not only. When you shouldn't really call them dads. It's really just GMs, because the right. people you were playing with back in two thousand and one were not your children. Yeah, you're right. They're not, but that's what it seems like, because you're the you're the one that's in charge of the group, right? You're the one that makes sure the, the GM dad connotates that they're the ones that do all the work to get the game going, like just like the office manager. So. That's 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 the difference. That's the difference between just somebody who GMs and somebody who's the GM dad. They're in charge. So is this the whole episode? You're gonna talk about? You're gonna complain about being the no. having to be the GM? No, no. So what the whole point is is that is that if you GM all the time, you kind of you might lose something about perspective. Perspective, right? So why should you, as a GM, who somebody who's always the GM, play? That's that's the whole point of this episode. So for me, one of the points is just that perspective, right? You kind of, if you're the GM all the time, you kind of lose perspective of what the players see on their end, right? How things work on their end and how they see the game. And that's an, that's an important thing to remember and keep tabs of. Then I you think. become the adversarial GM. Well, I don't, I don't necessarily think you become the adversarial GM, but you can lose sight of the fact that, or forget, how it is to be a player and what and what being a player you know what they want and and what they want to see in games you know and stuff like that i think you just kind of lose like you said lose perspective and i think that's not a good idea as a gm and by perspective i meant that you seriously don't know what's going on on the other side of the table you're in your own little world there and the rest and your players may or may not be having fun but Exactly, and I and I think uh, being a, a player also gives you a chance to see how other GMs work. Yes, and I, and I think it's easy for some reason. I think it's it's pretty hard to be self-critical sometimes. You know, to see yourself and critique yourself all the time. You know, whether you're doing good or bad. You don't you don't have that problem. You have all kinds of guys that will critique you well, if you there's, ask. There's <laughs> that, but but you want good critique, right? You want good criticism, not necessarily just criticism so uh, a good way of getting that is like to to be a player and see how another gm deals with situations and i think that's what you can you know that's where i learned a lot from is from watching other people gm or even playing in their games and going oh i see what he did there in certain situations or to make the game more exciting or how they handle uh whatever situation is up you know going on and for you specifically i found that you like to play at conventions and with people that you are not necessarily haven't been playing with for 40 years when they're <laughs> the GM. I think that 
you haven't GM'd for so long and you have this, you don't seem to have as much fun when you're the player because I think that you are looking at what the other person is doing and going, oh, he shouldn't have done it that way. He should have done it this way. Yes, I do find that I do that quite a bit. It makes it harder if you don't play also, if you're just the GM, then when you do play, it makes it harder for you to relax and be a player. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think that's true. Uh, you know, it's, it's harder for you not to, you know, to get away from that GMing, I don't know what you'd call it, but that mantle mode. Because, like, I've done that. I've, I've you know, I've, I do admit that, that when I'm playing, that's interesting about what the GM does, whatever it is. And I'm like, oh. Good or bad. Good or bad. But sometimes it's more bad, right? Because I'm more of a stodgy bastard, I guess. So I'm like, man, why, why, did, why did that GM do it that way? I wouldn't have done it that way. I would have done it this way. Which that takes the total fun out of being a player away right, from the right. game. So, right? But the more I play, the less that happens, yes. right? And, the, and, and sometimes it all depends on the game. Uh, it all depends on how much I'm paying attention to the, the game that, that's going on. The mechanics. Uh, not the, exactly. Not the mechanics of how the GM interprets the rules and stuff like that. So besides losing perspective on that this is supposed to be a fun hobby. Yes. And demanding that your players do things the way that you want them to. And then I think it takes the fun away if you don't get to play games. Because although you have a lot of fun running games and you really do like to run games. Especially for the kids. Yeah, yeah. And, I do. And you're... And us weird adults that play with you. And by weird, I mean quirky. Like, you know, Steve, who has decided now that he must get into character. Whatever <laughs> character he decides is he's going to be. And then he picks a strange character and decides <laughs> to play it. Well, that's true. I mean, that I you're right. Or um, me, who wants to play a sorceress, but hasn't been able to for a while because... There are no sorceresses in Traveler. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, anyway. So, the, you're right. I think uh, another thing that could happen if you're just GM all the time is the GM burnout, right? You get, yeah. You get to the point where, like, you know... Uh, I don't want to run another game. These people aren't answering my emails. I hear that all the time. <laughs> I told them you got to text them. They're teenagers. Teenagers don't like to answer emails. They like to be texted. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Exactly. So... You know, when you find yourself getting getting miffed at little things and 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 stuff like that, I think you know, you're in danger of burning out. And and burning out is, is something you don't want to ha- to happen. You know, I've heard people they need to step away for like a year or two, right? I'm like, wow, that's kind of crazy. Well, you've never gotten that. You've never, but you enjoy the story. You enjoy knowing that your players are going to do whatever they're going to do, no matter what you put out there. <laughs> And I think you have fun with it no matter what game you're doing. And you also run all kinds of different games, too, for That's true. conventions and things like that. If we ever get to go back to a convention. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they'll all be online and and you'll figure that out, too. Oh, that's another thing is I do get to play, no matter when I was running the GM, when I was being the GM, I would get to play games at conventions or one-shots people would run a game here and there, uh, especially online you know, I started a group. Uh, well, I started playing on Roll Twenty what six years ago. So, well, actually, said 2013. But anyway, and in that situation, I wanted to play different games. We all wanted to rotate GMs, 
and play different games. So, you know, that's been more or less more successful. You know, we've gone times when we didn't play for like a few months. You know, it was kind of weird. Because life, it's <laughs> called life. Hello, kids. Yes. Things. Travel. I, I never got to the point where I was only GMing and GMing all the time. You know, I was always, I always has a, had an outlet of playing a game here or there. And it was kind of, it was kind of, not kind of fun. It was fun. I enjoyed a lot of games. You know, some games were more fun to, for me than others. You know, when I could just like let loose and not worry about the rules or not worry about how the GM was running the game. When I just play, wanted to play my character and I got into it. I think that prevented me from burning out as a GM. I think there are some people who are a little bit different than you and they won't, they don't want to play anymore. They just want to be the GM. They've always been the GM and they're yeah. always going to be the GM. Yeah. And you know, I think sometimes, I don't know. I, I, I don't mind releasing the reins of GMing. That's fine with me. I don't think I mind. I say, even if I do critique the people's games, but, uh, but for the most part, I think I do enjoy playing. I do enjoy getting into the game. And, and and then there's not so much work. You know, when you're not the GM, you're like, wow, all I have to do is worry about one character. Well, and then you also <laughs> get to do the fun things like roll up the character. Yes. You don't have to figure out all the NPCs and monsters or the storyline or right. I don't worry even, about if they're going to do what you want them to do yeah, yeah, or even know. go in the direction you want them to go in. I don't have to worry about any of that. It's, and it, you're right. And it's, and it, it does relieve some stress. I mean, as a GM, and if you GM all the time, you kind of forget how much work it is to GM, unless you're one of those GMs that does nothing for preparation, right? Or you're always prepared. You have <laughs> 16,000 notebooks filled up with stuff that you want to do. Have the campaign written for the next 20 years. And you've told me about those people that have like their whole basement set up and they've been running a game for 30 years with different people. Yeah, it's been uh, just it's it's been a story on the different articles and different magazines, online magazines. And there was even a a short uh, story, video story on it where this guy's been playing or running a game for 30 years. And there have been multi-generational characters, you know, characters have and players and players right and so and <laughs> so i forget where this guy's from i know he's probably in somewhere in the midwest like wisconsin i don't know if is that the midwest uh i don't think wisconsin is the midwest with whatever it's in that area right and or at, at, for some reason around chicago or whatever middle of the country Saul of. is not all that great with the american geography or but, any other geography <laughs> <laughs> so he has been running this game for a long time and in that long time he has uh, well, he has a whole basement where he runs his games and he has all kinds of like I forget 5,000 miniatures and he has all kinds of scenery and he's been running his game for 30 years I think it's basically like a Dungeons and Dragons game and and he's had people playing for 30 years and he's had some people come and drop out and, and new players and stuff and and I don't know how he does it but he keeps all these characters and they're and these characters uh children because they you know those characters get too old to play or adventure so that's what i mean by multi-generational characters in the game and so i think it's kind of weird it's kind of kind of neat i mean i wish we could have been playing in felipe's game for 30 years right i know he yeah i know he doesn't felipe doesn't (laughs) wish that 
But it would be Felipe nice. Felipe likes to run games, but I think he likes to play more now. Yes, I, and uh, I, but I, I really had fun in in his games. We were playing AD and D, and I can just imagine. I mean, we could have done that. We could have been playing those same characters or children of the same of those characters and stuff like that in his land of Cardoza, and uh, it would have been fun. I don't think we need the five thousand miniatures and the whole basement deal. But it would have been cool. Since we live in California, <laughs> basements are kind of hard to find. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Earthquakes and all. But I think having, uh, but making the GM play every once in a while prevents GM burnout, gives you a different perspective. And then, and, I, and you learn things. You just naturally learn things from other people. Because some other people might do things totally different than you or handle a situation totally different. And instead of saying, man, I didn't like the way that thing worked. And I wouldn't have done it that way. You find, wow, that was pretty neat. And, that, and that's what's happened with me is when I go to conventions, especially conventions. Because a lot of times when you run a game for, you know, people that you've been playing with since childhood, you kind of know how they play and they know how you GM. And if they ever GM for you, they're going to be kind of similar to how you do it, right? Because you're like the example. Most likely. Most likely. They might be different. They'll, they'll be different, but they'll be similar. But when you go to a convention, you play with somebody who's a total stranger and hasn't been playing in your group and doesn't know the way your group operates and stuff like that. Then you really learn stuff from people like that. You learn a lot, actually, from GMs that you don't know and they have. And they bring something new to the table that you've never seen. And you're like, wow. And even other players, you know, people, other players act or, or play in a different fashion. And you're like, man, that was pretty fun when this guy you know really got into character and and did this and did that not to tell you that you're old or anything but i think (laughs) the world has changed too since you've been playing oh yeah now there's youtube videos that you can watch on how to be a good gm how to run games how to different things like that and at conventions we even did last year at pacificon we went to a a workshop which we were the only two people in it well the seminar yes it was very intimate. <laughs> it was a very intimate workshop in, or seminar because it was just Saul and I and the guy. But it wasn't like Monday morning? Yes, it was Monday yeah. morning. But he was talking about how he he's he's created this thing where he teaches people to be a GM or a dungeon master or whatever. Right. And he's been doing it for 30 a years. long time, right? And him and his friends, they rent a cabin or something once a year. Oh, yeah. And they go and they play for like a whole week. A whole weekend. A week. And he also invites them to his house for weekends and different things like that. So because they're in different parts of the country now. And um, his wife understands and 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 he's gotten his kids to play, especially his daughter. And um, so it was a very interesting, very it was very cool. And he had ideas that I had never thought about. Right. So, so the the thing about now that's different from when you were uh, a kid in the seventies and and were playing in the seventies, eighties, and even in the early nineties, yeah. yeah. There was, you know, the internet was new. The resources were very limited. Yeah. Now there was no such thing as there YouTube. There was no such thing as Roll Twenty. There was no such thing as yes. as Facebook and stuff like that. I mean, there were forums. I remember Saul so used to go <laughs> onto forums and talk about all kinds of stuff. But yeah. Bulletin boards. <laughs> Bulletin boards, yes. But it was a different it was a different time, so all of the guys and women from that era are have learned new things since then, right? How to yes. and 
being a GM now is more technical than it used to be. It used to be you just got out your your advanced Dungeons and Dragons book, your mapping paper, grid paper, and you you went for it, right? You were a teenager, you didn't know any better. Yeah. Now you read all the rules. Well, Saul doesn't necessarily read all the rules. <laughs> you read the scenario if I you're writing read a all scenario. The rules. I read all the rules. I read the whole player's handbook at least once. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not all at once, but I have read the player's handbook. And I think I think you're right. I think this is a different era of play, you know. And I think that's why I, in the early days when I went to conventions and I didn't play games at conventions was really uh, a bad thing that not a bad thing what do you call it a regret uh, no it was it was uh, a regret are you talking about when you were security yeah yeah back back then you know when when I was playing up until 90 what 91 when I was started going to Dungeon Con yeah 92 93 91 you guys went 91 yeah and so, and I went in 91 and all I did was play games because before, well, before we did security for Pacificon and and you had to do like a, a six hour shift and then a four hour shift. So, and then we never played games there. We just goofed off and took the weekend off and went, you know, did what teenagers do when they're alone in the hotel room and have fun and go crazy. But we we play a few games here and there. But you were supervised by Felipe, so yeah, yeah, we didn't do. He didn't do anything weird. He did get upset that some of, not me. Well, I don't think I was drinking, but some people were drinking, and shouldn't have been, and they got drunk. So, kind of stopped being the, the person in charge of us. The head man. Yes, but uh, that was toward toward the end. Anyway, so, uh, but it it was a missed opportunity is what I'm saying. Yes, back then because I could have learned stuff from other gms at the time and when i started going to dungeon con and I, I started playing there that was that was fun and that got me interested in, in trying different things a little bit and so but that was about the only way you could back then you could learn stuff you're right i totally forgot about using youtube to as a way of learning and blogs and 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 youtube is a huge resource right there's a lot of people who you know gamers love sharing knowledge and and some people think that they might be a little bit egotistical or whatever, but I think honestly, for the most part, I think I would say, I I don't know, nine out of ten people I see on YouTube and people who are have a blog and stuff like that, and people who have a podcast, I think they just want to share their insights into the hobby, and because they want not to show off, but to help people, right? Help people who are starting out, or help people who you know, who are in a rut or of some sort or just, you know, or just get information out there. Or just tell a story, their story and, and well, stuff like that. that. I think really uh, YouTube has has definitely made a huge impact in the ability to get information that you want on the different subjects that might you might be interested in as a GM and as a player, right? You know, there's plenty of, plenty of videos out there about how to be a better GM and or how to be a better player. And I think that's pretty cool. So I think that if you are the one who is the GM all the time, that you should get somebody else to run the game so you can play, so you can have fun. Because yes. that's the most important thing about role playing is that you're having fun. I think. At least that's what they tell me. <laughs> yeah. 
I think... Uh, Although currently, I'm trying to learn the rules to Traveler, and I'm not having a lot of fun with that. Well, we're using Classic Traveler, so that's the problem. And I think uh, it's, you know, any... you got to remember that this these rules were written... It was published in 1977, right? So this guy was thinking about it maybe at least a couple years before that, 1975, and there was no codified way or there was no example of how to write rules. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying oh, that it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's very hard. It doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Like when we were making the character, we're like, "Well, do we roll once for our?" And he's played promotion? it before. And yeah, 35 years ago, I played it. Do we roll once for promotion or commission? Uh, do we roll for commission? Can I die now? I say because my character sucks. <laughs> so yeah. So, so those are the things that you, I mean, you, if you're playing a new game or playing with somebody that you usually don't play with and they're running the game, then you get to learn new rule systems. You get to learn new, even if you're playing the same game, you get to roll up your character right. and you get to play your character and you don't have to worry about, are the monsters strong enough? Are they going to, is, are they going to follow my hook? Are they going <laughs> to even try to go in the direction I'm trying to get them to go in? I think I think that's probably the hardest thing to do as a GM is is to let go of that GM mode, right? Yeah. And and just relax and, and go have with fun it and go with it and go have fun because because then it'll give you back your perspective because you started playing because it was fun, right? Unless you've always been the GM and obviously then you think it's fun because you keep playing, you keep playing, you're still running campaigns and games. Yes, my my last rattle. Hold on a second. So the best thing you can do as a GM is probably play a game because it'll prevent burnout. It'll re you know reignite your your fun of usually people start playing before the GM usually. And, you know, it alleviates that stress of having to prepare for the next session or the next campaign or whatever. And then just playing, you're just playing yourself. You don't have to worry about the different NPCs, the different names of, of the NPCs. You know whether they're the hooks that you're throwing out there are nice and shiny and attractive to these players, right? Are they biting them my hook or not? Oh, they're just missed my first clue, and so you don't worry about any of that. You just, oh, I just I'm I'm Thundar the Barbarian, right? That's all I am. All I gotta worry about, and I think that is is very beneficial for somebody who always GMs is just to get in, leave that mode behind. And just play a game and be a player. And then you might learn something and take it back when you are the GM. Right. Which is good. And it also gives you, you, you see the player's perspective too, so you might not be quite so hard on them sometimes. <laughs> I'm not talking about you specifically, oh, no, Saul. No. no, I know. No, no, it does happen though. Where, you, where you, go, you go, why are they doing that? I don't understand. <laughs> why do they want to climb that wall? <laughs> Why? What was that one guy complaining about? He goes, he says that he you know, he keeps them on a tight leash to, to keep them on task. <laughs> on task, yes. <laughs> Good luck on that one. So if you're out there and you've been running a game for a long time and you need to, you you might want to try to play in a game and release the mantle of GMing <laughs> and put on. And a you'll probably club. have fun. Yes. So there you are. Here we go. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. You have a good day.